We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. All right. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast on Ramstock Radio. I'm Steve Rivero. As always, I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny. It was quite a uh, a speedy news day today, honestly. We held off doing our podcast last night because we figured news would sprinkle in with the franchise tag ending and all that, and we got a lot of news today. We actually have a very packed show, uh, which is great to have in between the end of the season and the start of free agency. Especially considering that the Rams have absolutely zero cap space right now. In fact, negative cap space, which we'll get to later, but... Uh, yeah, it would be great if we had zero cap space. We yeah. ha- that would be a delight if we had just zero. That's that's very true. Oh man, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's it, it's been fun on Twitter. There's been like we literally have negative 35 million in cap space right now. Uh we will touch on this. We're going to touch on a lot of things today. We're going to touch on the the official salary cap was announced. Uh franchise tag came and went. No players uh, have been announced. There's been some trade rumors around the Rams. There's a lot of insightful comments from Les Need in a press conference he held today, and uh, compensatory picks are announced. But like, it's been funny because the Rams lip like not only do they not have cap space, they are negative 33 million right now under the cap according to Over the Cap. That's the second worst situation in the NFL. I believe only the Saints are currently worse. I think the Eagles actually past us um and now have more cap space than we do i let me confirm that real quick oh no actually the saints passed us too because they cut emmanuel sanders so now we have we have the worst cap situation in the league obviously there's a lot of stuff that's going to change with everybody before the season starts or before next week uh march 17th is the date that ever the rams have to have cap space you can't go into free agency with no with negative cap space, you have to move things around. And because of that, a lot of hard decisions are going to have to be made and players are going to have to be cut or traded. Good players. Lots of good teams have had to cut good players lately. We saw Kenny Vaccaro get cut uh, today by Tennessee. They also cut Malcolm Butler. Two good defensive backs that are going to get nice paydays, I would imagine, uh, in a week or two. But it's like things will get thrown out there. Like the Rams have been getting calls about Robert Woods. 
and everyone like it will raise a stink like they're never trading Robert Woods. It's like, man, we don't have money. We have no way of making any moves right now. Like moves are going to have to be made. And if that can't all be done in restructuring, which we're going to talk about, good players are either going to get cut or traded and it's going to stink. But that's the situation they're in. It's not like if, if we come on this podcast and say, I think they have to trade Michael Brockers. That doesn't mean we don't think he's, we'd prefer to have him on the team, but just like things are going to happen and we might not love everything that happens. Hopefully we do. Hopefully it all gets done with restructuring, but like <laughs> there's just been hypothetical trades have been put out there and everyone's like, we cannot under any circumstances move these players. And it's like, you might have to man. Yeah, it's a very t- difficult decision because you you obviously want to keep everybody on this team. Hell, you want to keep everyone that's a free agent, which we're seeing is is becoming increasing and more increasingly unlikely. And the problem being that the league not only didn't increase salary cap, but they actually decreased salary cap. So that's a problem you know that that's that's a huge problem for the rams you know they, they this is a team that doesn't believe in uh, short-term deals they would prefer to hold on to their homegrown talent and uh you know it's worked for them in the past few years it's just there are consequences to this type of strategy but one thing's for certain there are ways to grow around this, and I think Les Snead has a trick or two up his sleeve. And one of the things that uh, Les Snead has talked about, and what things that we've all kind of speculated, is one of his uh, weapons he's going to use to combat this, you know, negative cap space is um, restructuring con- contracts. Will that be enough? Probably not enough to. Um, get out of the red and, you know, maybe sign a few players, they'll probably have to get even more creative than just restructuring contracts. And then, obviously, there's consequences with that also, which we discussed in previous podcasts. You know, by doing that, you're essentially committing to whosoever player you restructure. And that's that's something you got to keep in mind, considering that the Rams... Uh, have you know these larger contracts hasn't haven't always worked out in their favor uh you know a la jared goff and and uh brandon cooks in recent memory so that that's a lot of things you have to consider and it may come to the point where the rams do have to cut somebody or maybe trade somebody uh i would personally prefer to trade them but this is a very tough market this year because while the Rams obviously are hurting probably more than any other team at this moment, um, they're not the only ones, you know, they're not the only ones suffering from this uh, cap shortage here. You know, they have to figure that other teams are probably not going to be high buyers. Even teams that, you know, have, uh, you know, some cap space, they have to think about, well, I'm trying to get other guys in free agency as well. Um, if I go and sign a free agent, you know, this might be a, uh, you know, less of a loss for us. So it's going to be really hard to trade um, any any one of these guys. Yeah, it, it's good. And I, I, I honestly think that, like, it depends on the player. Like, we, I, we'll talk about these guys a little more in depth. But, like, somebody like Robert Woods, I think, would be a very tradable piece. Uh, he's, his contract isn't that bad. It's not too heavy of a salary cap hit. He's very productive. Um, and these are things that you have to consider, like in this situation, obviously all of that to be said, those are all the reasons you wouldn't want to trade a guy like Robert Woods. So, uh, I, we're going to get into all this stuff, I think pretty in depth, but let's just kind of run through all of the, the salary cap news and notes that have happened, uh, over the, the last week and most notably like the last two days, uh, the franchise tag had, uh, the, the franchise tag deadline has come and gone. The Rams did not choose to use a franchise tag this year. It is the 
third consecutive season. They have not used it. The last time was they used it was 2018 on LaMarcus Joyner, and they actually used it three straight years. They used it on Tremaine Johnson back-to-back years before that. Both of those guys went on to do pretty much nothing with their new teams. Uh, Johnson in particular was horrible uh, with the Jets, unfortunately. But the the two guys that you would have anticipated would have a shot of getting franchise tagged here were Leonard Floyd and John Johnson. Neither of those happened, so both enter unrestricted free agency. When asked about the decision, Les Need, in pretty obvious terms, said, you've got to have room to use the tag. And they, the Rams do not have room to use the tag. And uh, a, a noble tidbit from his press conference he wanted to say was, if you tag someone, they stay on the tag, and you're going through the process again in a year. So when you're constructing a team for not necessarily the microscopic 2021 season with the telescope in mind, we'd like to know with a, with a few of these players, there's an element of certainty. They're going to be around longer term, and that affects how you might draft, might not draft this year, but you've definitely got the cap room to use a tag. And even when you do have the cap room, it's definitely a lot of cap that goes to a single player. So like that statement to me kind of makes it sound like if the Rams were to bring back Leonard Floyd or John Johnson, I think this conversation is more apt to John Johnson than Leonard Floyd right now because I I don't really see them bringing back Leonard Floyd. They would rather have a guy locked up long-term so that they wouldn't have to worry about drafting the replacement or signing their replacement, and that's not something you could do with the franchise tag. If you sign someone to a franchise tag, there's a hard deadline. I believe it's at the end of June. If it's not that date, it's around there, where you have to ink an extension by that date or else you cannot negotiate an extension and that player is on just their franchise tag until the next March. So if that were what the Rams did, if they choose to, you know, franchise John Johnson, obviously they don't have the space. They would have had to clear it up by then. Those negotiations are not done, which we'll get into a little bit. He would be on the books for, yes, an affordable, uh, uh, an affordable rate for his value in 2021. But long-term, like if you were to keep that guy, you'd probably want to sign them to less money this year and more money in the future and also have that certainty that he could um, that he's going to be there for a couple of years. So I don't think it's a surprise that they didn't do this for 2021 exclusively. I think it'd be better to get if you were to keep John Johnson on a franchise tag because it's a good value this year. But I I don't necessarily think this means there's no shot they bring him back. I think once we clear up some cap space, there will be a more, you know, we'll have a more clear look at if it's going to be even possible for them to bring him back. But I don't, I think the door is still open, even though he didn't franchise tag him. And for Leonard Floyd, I feel like the, the door has kind of been shut. I'd be pretty surprised if they were able to get him back in general. So the thing about franchise tags is I feel like they, they only work in certain circumstances. You know, and to tell you the truth, they there is a place for franchise tags. It's just not something the Rams have really needed. Even back when the Rams used the franchise tag on LaMarcus uh, Joyner. Wow, I, I almost had a brain fart there for a second. I, I... <laughs> yes. It's been a while, uh, man. Yeah, right. LaMarcus Joyner. Uh, that wasn't that long ago. Now he's a Raider where all the Rams seem to go and die. Uh, but <laughs> but the thing about LaMarcus Joyner was I felt he was not worth the franchise tag. And I know the reason why Sneed ended up doing that was because the franchise tag for just about any position, safety is one of the more cap-friendlier options. But I still didn't feel like Joiner was the best option there. Uh, but regardless, they did that. I And I really feel like about the only time it's worth it, I guess, is when the Rams used it on players that they're just trying to restructure and give an extension to. Um, kind of like how they did with Tremaine Johnson. Because when Tremaine Johnson was on the Rams... He was a hell of a cornerback. And then he went to New York, and like Steve said, he just wasn't that great uh, in New York. In fact, he was pretty terrible. Uh, but, you know, even going back to the days of Orlando Pace, when they 
when they kept uh, giving him um, franchise tags, I felt that was worth it. You're talking about a Hall of Fame offensive tackle while his better days were kind of gone already. But, you know, they couldn't agree to a long-term deal for a guy that's was, you know, uh, already kind of past his prime. So, yeah, there's there's a time and place. Just, I don't know if there's a place this year or even in any time in the soon future, uh, especially with guys like John Johnson and, uh, and Leonard Floyd for sure. Floyd is a talented young guy who thrived very well in the Rams system, but I couldn't in good conscience recommend using Leonard Floyd for, for a franchise tag. And uh, John Johnson, I think, could have worked, but the Rams are negative $35 million in the hole, so uh, I don't think that was going to be a possibility even if they wanted to do that. Hey, everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 bucks a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or on an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. And check out the distribution box. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. They're going to have to get out of the hole, though. And, you know, if they wanted to franchise John Johnson, which clearly they didn't, I think they would have really rushed up these timelines with creating cap space. But at the end of the day, they didn't do it. No franchise tags this year. Uh, And we will see what happened. Around the NFL, uh, 10 players got tagged out of 32. So it wasn't a ton of players getting tagged. uh, And one of them being Dak Prescott, which is more of a formality uh, he obviously got a giant contract extension with Dallas this week. Um, but, yeah, so with with that news, that the NFL salary cap was officially announced today at $182.5 million. That is a little higher than the anticipated $180 million, but substantially lower from last year, which was over $198 million. It's down $16 million. And, you know, teams in 2020 – probably anticipated getting more cap space uh, because the cap goes up. It's gone up every single year of the salary cap era. And since 2013 has gone up at least 10 million every single year. So I'm sure if you listen to our podcast from last off season, we talked about how you can anticipate the cap next year being 208 million. And rather than that, it's basically a, you know, in terms of what you expected the year before, a $26 million swing uh, in the wrong direction, which for teams like the Rams, who have a lot of money and a couple of big-name players, uh, and also, as we mentioned with bad extensions before, $34 million in dead cap, it's uh, it's going to be tough. The Rams need to shed, according to Over the Cap, $33 million before the March 17th league year begins. Uh, that is in a week a little less than a week by the time you're listening to this podcast. Les Need on the record today said that he hopes the Rams could get to that salary cap floor with restructuring rather than making roster cuts as quote being that would be priority number one, getting the uh the the restructuring rather than cuts. That's the process that's occurring now. Our vision is to get here there without having to cut players. And if we have to do that player agent definitely knows that there's a timeline and there is a deadline and we have to be under that cap. So if we can't work something out before then, that's a possibility. Definitely don't want to surprise anyone. This has been an ongoing process for the last two or three weeks, trying to work with everyone to come up with win-win solutions for player and club at this point in time. Uh, He elaborated on kind of the players that he has been having these discussions with saying, they haven't been with players on rookie contracts because deleting those contracts do not help a team in terms of the cap. 
we've had to knock on the door of a lot of our key figures, key pillars, and ask them to, in some cases, make sacrifice. In some cases, adjust their contract to help us get under the cap. The vision right now is to get to the finish line without having to release players. We're well aware that we've had to have a call with a subset of our unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents and let them know our intent, whether we were going to be attempting to re-sign them or assuming they're going to have a better market than what we'd be able to pay them and allowing them to know their path and how they need to move forward. It's evolving. It's changing. It's unprecedented. So that's a lot of information. And I think like the key takeaways are they say something like where he says, we had to call players and let them know their intent, whether we be attempting to resign them and that they're going to have a better market than what we'd be able to pay them. That, like, to me, that screams guys like Leonard Floyd and probably even guys like Gerald Everett, who, you know, more money will be available for them elsewhere than what the Rams could get them. That could even, you know, talk about guys like John Johnson in that regard. But I think that's that's the first part of this quote. Um, I, I'd love to get your reaction on that. It seems like they, they've already, you know, there, there's guys that they like to bring back that they just know they can't. Well, I, I like that Les Need is going into this as a realist or at least, I mean, I, I feel like with a lot of these general managers, you they kind of, you know, almost become like a politician around this time of year. And I feel like, Les Need has always been this kind of guy that, yeah, he might blow some smoke here and there, particularly with uh, who they end up signing or who they end up trading. Um, but when it comes to like cap space and the financial part of, of being in the front office, I feel like Les Need has always been kind of straightforward. You know, he, he may not tell you exactly what he's going to do, but he ultimately is honest with everything. So in, in the case, uh, the point being here is that he's basically telling you, hey, this is, uh, you know, we, we'd love to retain guys like John Johnson and Leonard Floyd, but it's probably not going to happen. You know, it, it doesn't really take less need to figure that out. Uh, it's pretty blatant, but um, I like the fact that he's at least straightforward and he doesn't try and kind of keep the fan base guessing uh, because there's, you know, some of these guys are fan favorites, you know, John Johnson is a fan favorite. He was a homegrown talent for the Los Angeles Rams. So um, it, it's, it's not so much that they don't want to keep a guy like Johnson it's just they can't, you know, realistically speaking, they can't. I I would hope that they would still try and bring him back, but it's it's going to be an extremely long shot because John Johnson is going to test the market. I mean, now he kind of has to, uh, but he's going to test the market and he's going to get paid. He is a very underrated safety and if teams see that they can get a good deal off of him, he's going to be off the market real quick. And to tell you the truth, I would not be surprised as soon as free agency begins that he becomes like one of the day one signees, you know? He's just that good, and teams are going to want to have his presence on the field. It's going to be interesting with him, and it's um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty loaded class for for safeties, I feel like. So he, he's going to be competing with some guys, but he's young and he's very good. And they're, he's absolutely going to find a home. Only two two safeties were franchise tagged, Marcus May and Justin Simmons, uh, both guys who probably would have gotten a little more than Johnson on the open market. But, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> – I, I always – one of the guys they said they have – they're going to be attempting to reassign, but I, I don't know. I have no idea, but it's certainly that there's going to be guys that are going to be out the door and him and Floyd are near the top of that list in likelihood. I, I think that there are going to be guys that he's going to try and resign, but more at a reasonable contract. So guys like the Austin Blythes, maybe uh, they try and go after Morgan Fox. Um, you know, th those are the kinds of guys that I feel like he's talking about. I think to hope for John Johnson 
while it's it's certainly possible, I mean, anything's possible with Snead, I just don't think it's probable. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but a, a telling thing, and even more telling part of this quote is, um, he says here, we had to knock on the door of a lot of key figures, key pillars, and ask them, in some cases, make sacrifices. Which, you know, we talk about the Rams getting to this floor with the restructuring. And the, the obvious restructuring candidates are... Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, uh, the two most obvious, they're making a ton of money and they are unlikely to really fall off a cliff production wise in the next couple of years. The, some of the, the other guys up there, Matt Stafford, uh, Cooper cup and Robert Woods, the two receivers we'll talk about a little more in depth in a minute. Those are guys that are also obvious candidates for restructuring. But when he says the thing like, you know, in some cases, these guys are going to have to make sacrifices or else we're going to have to move on. Um, those five guys w have all the leverage, and four of them would not save the Rams any money. The only guy that you could cut out of those five just, and would save a lot of money in cap space is Matthew Safford, which they are obviously not going to fucking do. Like, <laughs> that would be unbelievable, and everyone in that front office would get fired on the spot if they cut him. Um, but that kind of brings me to who would be these guys that he's talking about that have to make sacrifices. And to me, you know, looking at the, the book, like looking at guys that they could move on from and save cap space, the only guys that really fit that bill the quote would be Andrew Whitworth, Michael Brockers, Rob Havenstein, uh, and to a lesser extent, Johnny Hecker, um, just because of the position he plays. And I like, I, I, I won like they're not. I don't really imagine they're gonna cut Whitworth, the Brockers, and Havenson. You gotta be having those conversations, but you know it makes it makes me wonder if like maybe one of those guys that is kind of more out of left field gets a restructure. Uh, maybe ends up taking a little less money. I think Brockers in particular is the obvious, you know, candidate here. There's, he's been linked to trade rumors. Uh, if the Rams were to trade him, they would save. I have it written down here, and I need to get there in my notes. They would save six point one seven million if they were to trade him. If they were to outright cut him, they would save four point six million, eat five million dead cap. But when you're in this situation, you have to make tough decisions like this. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you think that the they potentially they're telling people like Brockers or Havenstein, like, look, if you want to stay here? you might have to take a pay cut and, and help us get the salary situation figured out. I think uh, certainly there are guys like, like Brockers that they're going to try and approach uh, to, you know, cut down the money a little bit. Um, I, as far as Havenstein goes, I'd be really surprised if, if Havenstein, you know, they, they, uh, you know, may, maybe they will approach him, but I'd be surprised he'd actually do it just because he's a younger guy. One of the things that I'm kind of concerned about is Andrew Whitworth. Now, obviously, you and I both know that Whitworth's value to this team, well, to the offense in general, is nothing short of amazing. Like, he's been stellar since coming to the Rams. But the problem with Whitworth is obviously he's aging, you know, that that's a concern. But the other thing, too, is Andrew Whitworth uh, seems to, I, I don't know if he's worried or concerned, but in recent weeks he's kind of been quoted to saying things like, um, you know, I, I don't know what the front office has in store for me, blah, blah, blah. You know, he says that he's, you know, ready to go in 2021, which is great news. But, you know, to hear things like that, I don't know. I'm, I am I could be reading too much into that, but um, the tweet kind of seem or the tweets kind of seem a little cryptic. And I hope that's not the case. I hope I'm reading a little too much into that. But, um, you know, that's that's a potential possibility. Uh, not one I'd like to see happen because he, he is the best lineman the Rams have. But, I mean, technically speaking, last year, they had Joseph Noteboom in that left tackle role. 
And while he wasn't nearly as good as Whitworth, he did an okay job, you know? He did, a, he did a good enough job to get the Rams to the playoffs. And it really wasn't until the playoffs that Whitworth got back into the field. So that's, that's something that I'm a little concerned about. You know, I, I'm really concerned that they'll be looking... You know, for guys like Brockers, I, I'm okay with because you have Ashawn Robinson there. Uh, Havenstein, I'm a little bit okay with too because if they end up looking to cut Havenstein, at least you have, um, at, at least you still have Whitworth there. Hopefully they don't cut him too or else we're in real big trouble. But yeah, Bobby Evans could take over that um you know, Havenstein roller, you could even move Joseph Noteboom over to the, uh, um, right tackle role. So I, I, I'm a little concerned. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. It, it makes, it makes more sense to me to cut Havenstein than Whitworth. If you were to go that route, you'd save the same amount of money. Uh, Havenstein's younger, but Whitworth is, is better. Uh, and a much more important part of the unit today, I think. But, I mean, like, you're reading into the Whitworth tea leaves. Like, those are the, the tea leaves you have to read into right now, man, when we don't have any of this information. Uh, and some tea leaf reading I did was there was a quote from Sneed in this, uh, talking about the extra $2.5 million they got in cap space, and he goes, the extra $2.5 million doesn't necessarily move the needle with us, but it's very, very helpful to know it's not going to be the $188 million, per se, to know... To know now, we know what the finish line is. We've been running a marathon. Didn't know if it were go if we were going to run 25 miles, 24, 26, and 28. At least we know it's 26.2. Let's roll. Uh, he might just speaking in random numbers here, but like maybe that's how much cap space he thinks they need to clear. Uh, it wouldn't be something that he me making up per se. Uh, maybe they've already had some some like verbal agreements that have cut down the cap. I don't know, but. It, it wouldn't shock me if they were if they restructured Whitworth a little bit to take a little bit of pay cut because he is set to make eleven point one six million. Um, the other guys mentioned Brockers nine point eight three, Havenstein eight point three. If the Rams were to restructure their top three owners next year, that's Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Matthew Stafford. Based on the projections we have right now, that they need to clear thirty-three million in cap, that would clear forty million. The restructuring of those three players, they'd ultimately end up with seven million in cap space. But you know, you need more. They're probably going to look to get more cap space than that. Uh, if they were, you know, you have seven million dollars. It doesn't get you that much. You you might be able to re-sign like Morgan Fox, and then that's the end of your free agency period like you need to get more wiggle room than that yeah i know you're not we're not going to get 40 50 million here but you'd like to get about 15 to 20 and you're gonna have to look at other other guys here um it just to talk about restructuring these guys or did you have anything and in, in that rant that you wanted to respond to before we go to restructuring uh not really just that uh <laughs> With six, seven million, if we're only targeting Morgan Fox, this is going to be a failure of an offseason. I mean, I mean, what are you going to do with that? You have to, you have to save like not much, but you have to say save a handful of dollars to sign rookies. Uh, it's probably yep. and luck, not luckily, but we don't really have any picks. We have six draft picks this year, so you don't need you're you're not going to have to book in a ton of money. It's probably going to be like three, three million maybe tops to sign those draft picks, but. That barely gives you any cap space. And when you like, so just to kind of get into the five restructuring candidates, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are on the books for a long time. They don't have contracts you could get out easily for a while. And even if they do, you're probably not going to want to get out of those contracts. Uh, so kicking the can down the road with those two guys, I don't think anyone's going to be upset with that. I think that's the obvious decision here. Uh, and when you restructure contracts, you know, players are still getting every ounce of guaranteed money in that deal. They just might get it later rather than sooner um, is usually how that stuff works. With Stafford, it's a little complicated to like avoid year on his contract, you have to move it around. I think the more likely scenario for him is that he gets extended while getting restructured, and that ultimately saves some room this year, but you'd add more 
more longer-term money onto his contract. His restructure this year would save the team $12.62 million, but I would expect that more likely to be an extension if he's the guy they, they target there. The two guys that we need like are interesting to talk about because none of those other guys really are interesting in this subject is Cooper Cup and Robert Woods because they're they're both making good money. Um, Cup is making fourteen point five million this year. Woods is making thirteen point eight seven five million. You can't you you can't cut them. Um, you know you're not going to save any money if you cut them, but. They have very easy contracts to get out of in the future. With Cooper Cup, his extension runs through 2023, and you could you could cut him next season and only eat three million dollars in dead cap, or you could cut him the year after and eat 1.5 million in dead cap. Uh, his cap number in 2022 would be 16. 2023 would be 15.75. Not not a bad number for him. I think he might be a little tiny bit overvalued, but it's not a big deal for a player that's as good as him. With Robert Woods, you can cut him next season and eat like nothing. You eat $600,000 in dead cap, which in the NFL is, is absolutely nothing. Uh, it's he He's set to make $13.7 million next year, and then he's actually under contract till 2025, uh, on basically on these unguaranteed deals with the cap going up, uh, presumably it's going to be a really nice number for him. And he's a guy you want to keep. And I think he's some more interesting. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Person to talk about here. Because or both of them, I mean, they're so easily cuttable after this season, and they're both very good receivers. But as we talked about on previous podcasts, they're not elite level receivers, and they do a lot of the same stuff. And like, I, I if it, I, I, I just, I don't know if you want to restructure either guy just so you can kind of keep that flexibility. Whereas if you want to cut this guy in the future to clear caps room for future seasons, you have the option to do it. Whereas if you were to restructure, you'd be eating a lot of dead cap if you cut out these guys. I mean, how do you, how do you feel about their situations? You know, it's, it's tough because to, to start talking about getting out of their contracts, especially when you just gave them an extension, it's, kind of weird but at at the same time that's also kind of a less neat approach anyway but with with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods they're you know they may not be the upper echelon receivers but they work very well in our offensive system so unless they have like a major drop-off and Uh, It'd be nice to see Stafford actually, you know, work with them. Uh, You know, this is an ideal situation for for the offense to kind of stay together. Um, But at the same time, if if it kind of goes down south, it is kind of nice to have that option to be able to cut uh, Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods if... You know, they they aren't really gelling into the new offensive system here. Um, 
I, I don't know if you'd really want to, but the option is available. And, and uh, obviously, if you do something like restructure, those option goes away. So if Snead were to do that, he'd better be damn sure that Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are going to be part of this offense for years to come. And for a guy like Robert Woods in, in general, while I think he's a very talented and productive guy, he's still someone that's kind of getting older. And you have um, a guy like, you know, Van Jefferson out there waiting in the wings. And, you know, that's that's kind of the thing you may not want to do is restructure his contract I think if you were to do this, I would do this for Cooper Cup only, and not so much Robert Woods, even though I would still would like to hold on to both guys here, because obviously they're doing something right if they just got a contract extension, uh, both players, and considering that both of them had quote-unquote down years for... <laughs> For these two to have down years and, you know, just just south of the 1,000-yard mark, that's that's impressive, you know. Uh, and, you know, those down years aren't necessarily their fault either. I mean, could they have done better? Maybe a little bit here and there. But I would say their down year wasn't, wasn't the fault of their own. So, um, overall... It, it, it's a tough situation for less need to be in, but um, I would certainly try and hold on to both of these guys moving forward, at least um, going t through the 2021 season. Uh, I don't know, Steve, am I being too sentimental here? Should, should I not want to hold on to these guys for any conceivable reason? No, well, you're right. They're good. Why wouldn't you want to have them on your team? Uh, but the issue is we don't have money, and it, and they're they're so similar players that like I I would rather if it meant keeping pretty much everyone that we have on the team right now, and just having to restructure these guys and kicking the can down the road. I I think that's the better solution. But because they're so similar, if you were to restructure both it would kind of hamper your roster. Like, it would hamper your the moves you could make in the future because you have both these guys on your team. If you restructure them, you're going to eat a whole lot of dead cap to move them, which isn't the end of the world. They did it with Brandon Cooks. They did it with Todd Gurley. They did it with Jared Goff. But you're you're just putting yourself in tough situations. And I, I, I think, like, I agree that if you were to restructure one, it probably would be cut, cup. But that also leads to the debate that has come up this week that has been like a resounding no from Rams fans on Albert Breer reported that the the Rams in the trade market have made Michael Brockers available, which makes sense. He absolutely should be given all the stuff we laid out. And they've been getting calls on Robert Woods, but they're hesitant to move him to a contending team that wants him, as they should be. But you kind of have to consider it. You, if you trade Robert Woods, you save. Um, I thought I had this written down, but apparently I don't. Oh, here it is. If you trade Robert Woods, you save eleven point nine million dollars. That is a large chunk of change. That's more money you'd save than if you were to restructure him. But obviously, if you were to restructure him, you would keep him on the team, which is nice, uh, which would be ideal. But all I'm going to say here, man, and I don't know if you agree, you have to consider it. You have to exhaust all your options in this in this scenario with how fucked you are on the cap, to be blunt. Um, if you were to restructure Woods and you were to clear cap space, then you could potentially go after like a Marvin Jones type guy, a deep threat who is going to cost you a little more money than the bargain options we talked about last week that are like Deshaun Jackson and John Ross who are intriguing but incredibly flawed and will be available cheap for a reason. Whereas Marvin Jones is a good player. He's probably not going to cost you an arm and a leg, but he will cost you a little bit of money. I, I don't want them to trade Robert Woods. I ultimately think they're going to be able to figure this out by restructuring and not moving a guy like him. 
But you have to consider when you're in this situation, especially considering you're so strapped for picks, which is by design, which they did on purpose. You could probably get a second for Robert Woods. He's on a great contract. And like we mentioned, it's so easily cuttable in the future if you don't restructure him. You have to consider moving him and getting high value back for him if you're also considering things like cutting Andrew Whitworth and eating $5 million in dead cap. You, you just have to kick this can around, and I don't think they'll do it. I don't think they should should do it, but it's not— to say that they should look into trading Robert Woods is not— um, it's just not like a nonsensical statement to me. It's something they should be exploring considering how fucked they are cap-wise. I, I I think it is something that, that Les Need would hear. You know, obviously, there's a reason why teams want Robert Woods. I, I mean, he he's one of the most underrated receivers in the league. I, I, don't, I don't think that's blasphemous to say at all. So, yeah, I, I can understand why teams would want him. And I think if you're less need, you definitely listen to their offers. But it it kind of it, it kind of depends on what you get back in return. If we're talking draft picks, which most likely that's what's gonna be, because if you try and trade for players here, you you'd have to hope that these are the players they get back in return are cap friendly guys. It, it, if they're not cap friendly guys, they're probably not making this trade offer. To be honest, no, um, there's no, there's no point of ruining your cap and trading Robert Woods. Like you yeah. have to, you have to shift to choose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, so, so draft picks here. If you could swing a second round pick, which I think is certainly doable, um, you have to wonder. Is that something that Les Need and the front office would be content with? Because as we've seen, draft picks, while certainly nice and have come through in clutch with the Rams, they aren't everything. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Les Snead doesn't value them as much as other teams do. And, you know, evidence is not having the first round pick for seven straight years if you're counting uh, <laughs> the recent trade for Matthew Stafford. So um, that that's something that I, I don't know. Like, would second-round pick really be good enough for Les Snead? I don't know if it would be. You know, if he could somehow swing a first-round pick, I highly doubt it. But if he could... Maybe we might have something there. Maybe for a team that has a lower first-round pick, um, that could be an option. But then again, Les Snead also mentioned that he doesn't really want to send, you know, uh, Robert Woods to a contending team for obvious reasons. So that's something to consider as well. Yeah, well, and look, I, I would rather have Robert Woods than a second-round pick. But... Would you rather have Robert Woods and have to cut like Whitworth and Brockers? Just like obviously hypothetically, like would you rather have Robert Woods and lose those guys, or would you keep those guys and get a second round pick and lose Robert Woods? Like that's the that's the things you should be considering. In a vacuum, no, you'd rather have Robert Woods than a second round pick. But you shouldn't be oper- You can't really fully operate in a vacuum here. And I think. Like, you talk second-round picks, like, depending on how free agency goes or how it's looking for, like, teams with, I, I don't know, like, with, with some cap space. Like, you look at a team like Miami at the 50th pick, Washington at the 51st first pick. Um, ten, I mean, ten, Tennessee, I don't think they have the, the cap space right now, but at the or they have a little space. At the 53rd pick. Those could be teams that are in a position to compete that would part ways with a second for Robert Woods. And it, like if you talk about first, you know, you're not getting Robert Woods for a high first. I think the only first that like could potentially be put on the table in a Robert Woods deal is like Buffalo at thirty, but I, I doubt that that would happen. Uh, I doubt they I think they're okay with their receiving core. I don't know. It's it's can be. 
Oh, right. I completely forgot about that connection. He's not going back to Buffalo. Never mind. I forgot where he came from. He's been on the team for so long. It feels like so long ago. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's certainly an interesting discussion. But ultimately, like I feel like it doesn't happen. Now, on the flip side, the other person that you heard in that deal was Michael Brockers has been made available for trade. His contract's not bad. It's nine million a year. I feel like. If they can't get salaries, if they can't figure out the salary cap situation by restructuring, the first thing they do is trade Michael Brockers. And you save $6.7 million if you trade him. It's like a million and a half more than you would get um, if you were to cut him. And I think somebody would take on his salary because it's not bad. It's not it's not really like a it's not a bad contract. It's about what he's worth for his age and his skill set. I don't know how good of a pick you'd get for him. I'd imagine at best you get like a fourth rounder or a late third, depending on the team that deals for him. But like if 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 you do restructure, let's say they, they do restructure successfully Stafford, Donald, and Ramsey and Clear. 40 million and then like let's hypothetically say they're able to get to 10 million in cap space i still could see them doing this and dealing brockers and getting like a like six six point one million and also like an additional fourth round pick um because they only have six draft picks this year they don't pick until the uh the late second round so it, it, could, it could be worth it, and it's definitely something like they're obviously already exploring. I think I love Brockers. I think they love having him around. He's an important part of the team. Aaron Donald fucking loves him, which shouldn't be understated how important that is uh, for him to like having him around. But I, it feels like he's not going to be on the team next year based, just based on the cap, and somebody's going to have to be moved. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment there. I, I I'd be... Really shocked if uh, Michael Brockers, jeez, I can't talk right now. Uh, if <laughs> Michael Brockers um, would be back next season or not, especially when you have Ashawn Robinson there, I-, I think that's kind of the stressing point here is that yeah, Ashawn Robinson is still on the roster, and Sebastian Joseph Day has become a a very good player. Like you have Donald Joseph Day and Ashawn Robinson, you feel good about that group. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so as long as they have that there, Brockers is is uh, is expendable, you know. And, and I don't know. Maybe they approach him and say, "Hey, do you think you could take a pay cut?" I uh, don't know if he'd do that, but that's that's an option too. See if uh, they can go that route. Um, but ultimately, I think they may have to deal him away. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer that like we're we're in this position, but the, the people, the teams are gonna have to make sacrifices to get to where they need to be, and I I feel like he's the most likely one, um, more likely than Whitworth for sure, and probably more likely than Havenstein, just because you feel better about the guys you have in the room at that position than you do about your backup offensive tackles. I. Uh, Last thing before we get out of here, Johnny, the compensatory picks were announced today. Uh, This is huge news for the Rams who have become reliant on compensatory picks after basically just year after year trading all their draft picks. Uh, This year, they were awarded three compensatory picks, a third rounder for Dante Fowler, who went to Atlanta, a fourth rounder for Corey Littleton, who went to Las Vegas, uh, and another third rounder for the Detroit's hiring of Brad Holmes as their general manager. They will get another third next year for um, for Brad Holmes, I believe. I believe they get two picks uh, because of his hiring. And they will likely get more compensatory picks, at least from one of Leonard Floyd or John Johnson, and probably both if they both walk. Um, if you sign a free agent it does negate the compensatory pick process, which is basically rewarding teams uh, extra picks for losing players to big money in free agency. But like an example here is the Rams would have gotten a later round compensatory pick for Greg Zerline, 
but because they signed Ashawn Robinson, it cancels out. So they're going to have a, a bunch of players that leave, like Gerald Everett, Troy Hill. Those guys would be factored into this. And if they sign one or two free agents, they're still likely going to get compensatory picks because of how many guys they're going to lose. Um, so looking at their draft this year, they pick 57 in the second, 101 in the third, 103 in the third, 141 in the fourth, and then a sixth and a seventh round pick. Uh, they are the second to last team that will make a selection in this draft. The last team is, do you know who picks last in this draft, like out of the 32 teams? Uh, no, actually. It's so bad. It's Houston. Oh, geez. They're so fucked. (laughs) My God. (laughs) I just assumed it was us when I was like looking through and it's like, okay, Seattle doesn't have a first round pick, but they pick right before us in the second round. And then I saw Houston doesn't have a first or a second and they don't pick till the third. And they would have had the third pick if they had that pick. It's just brutal. Um, Jeez. They don't even have. (laughs) Wow. Bad, yeah. So it could be worse. You know, it could be worse. We are at least good, and we will pick before a bad team, uh, whose quarterback is Dominic Trade, their best player. Uh, the picks we don't have, we traded our first-round pick for Jalen Ramsey. We traded our third-round pick for Matthew Stafford, although we got two back in compensatory, as you just mentioned. We traded our fourth-round pick for Jalen Ramsey. We picked up another pick in compensatory there. And we traded our fifth-round pick for Austin Corbett. So lots of trades that happened in 2019 are kind of coming back full circle here, and we're losing those picks. So we have six total picks. Uh, It's not ideal, but, like, we could make some things happen with those picks, man. I I think, depending on how they do with this this salary cap debacle that we're dealing with, you know, we'll we'll touch on more what we hope they would do with these picks in, in future pods. All right. Well, I mean, I, next week we're going to have hopefully some news to talk about. You got anything to to add here before we wrap up? Just uh, I'm ready for free agency, man. Uh, I, I don't believe that the Rams are going to have much news other than like the restructuring of contracts, which is pretty much evident by this point. But uh, I, I, I'm curious to see who lands up, you know, where and, and uh, I, I I imagine that you know we're gonna see some very good players on other teams because this this is a real interesting year for free agency you know big big deep uh, receiver class deep safety class you know uh, some cornerbacks just got cut you know th- this is gonna be really interesting to see uh, who's gonna land where who t- what teams are gonna get better which teams get worse. Uh, you know, and, and even looking at our free agents, uh, where they end up, because as we know, guys are likely not coming back. You know, guys like the Gerald Everett's are going to find a new home. So uh, I'm, I'm real excited for this, even if it doesn't end up in our favor. Yeah, it's it's certainly going to be a interesting time. Um, and, and we will, even if it's just all restructuring, we will at least have news when we record next week in a week because they have to do stuff to get to the salary cap. And the, even if it's as uninteresting as restructuring, the amount of players they're going to have to restructure to get there, uh, we'll at least have some fun stuff to talk about. But uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Please follow us on Twitter, at TalkRams, at Cerebro, at Johnny5.6. There's a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you have not yet. And we will be back next week. Talk to you. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We're going to see him soon. You feel me?
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.